Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet. All hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. That's me. Thank you so very, very much there. And welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet. Wherever you are in the Harlems of the world, I appreciate you for being a member of our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem, America. Today, in the What's Hot Spotlight is Petronia Paley, an accomplished, award-winning actor, director, playwright, and teacher. Petronia was one of the pioneering African-Americans in soap operas, and you've seen her stellar body of work on the TV hits, New Amsterdam, Billions, and Blue Bloods. You can see her this weekend in hospice as the new Federal Theater goes virtual Saturday through Monday at midnight. So it is my distinct honor and pleasure to say that my special guest, Petronia Paley, is what's hot. Hello, G. Keith. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. It's such a pleasure to be here with you today. Oh, and you are. audience as well. Oh, well, you are quite welcome. And uh, I've wanted to get you here for a long time. And finally, I was able to uh, uh, convince you <laughs> to, to come on and sit with me for this wonderful hour of conversation. Thank so, you so oh, much. Tell us a little bit about what's happening this weekend. Well, New Federal Theater has a reading series honoring Women's History Month, and we are starting out the month with Hospice by uh, Pearl Clegg, directed by uh, Owoye Timbo, uh, Tim Poe, um, with uh, Margaret um, Odette. And it's a play about a mother and daughter trying to negotiate and navigate a very stormy relationship with the mother has been away for 20 years and now she's come back to their home to die because she's she has cancer so it's uh, it's very emotional it's um it's quite interesting i think people will i'll be enlightened by it in to some degree now this is new federal theater's 50th anniversary is that yes correct? that's right that's right this year we celebrated a wonderful gala uh, 50th anniversary, uh, just a couple of months ago, actually. In it, fact, I was the host of the show. Yeah. 50 years and, and going strong. Please for God. And how, how long have you been involved with the uh, New Federal Theater? I did my first show down there maybe in, um, I would say, probably in the 80s, uh, when they were down at Henry Street Settlement. Mm-hmm. I did a couple of shows down there, and then I've, I've done shows with them at, um, at 42nd Street, at the Castillo Theater, and I've directed a show for them there as well. I've directed two shows for them, actually, mm-hmm. one downtown and, and one uh, on, on 42nd Street. So I have a long history with them, and um, they asked me to be on the board, which was amazing, and that's been a very interesting, too, to do that with a group of wonderful people on the committee. 
So for for the audience, and we, you know, our audience is not just here in Harlem, but in the Harlem's uh, of the world across the country, and and even uh, folks listening from overseas. Just tell folks who are some of the luminaries who have come out of uh, New Federal Theater. Well, some of the people who worked there have been everybody, because you know, at some point when you came to New York as a young actor. You didn't have very many places to go to to ply your craft. So they would go there. Um, Denzel Washington has done plays there. Um, Ruby Dee, Ozzie Davis wrote a play that I actually, he wrote for his, his wife, uh, Ruby, called Sybil, and I was an understudy in that. Um, anybody and everybody, uh, Intazaki Shange, her play um, for Colored Girls, who considered uh, Suicide When the Rainbow is Enough, uh, got a premiere there. Uh, the list is endless. I mean, there are just so many people who who had a start there. Um, Sam, was Sam Jackson one of them? Sam Jackson, yes. His wife. Uh, anybody anybody who has gone and done anything in that theater mm-hmm. has passed through those doors at some point. And either, either gone to Hollywood or come to New York yeah. uh, uh, on the stage, yeah. Broadway stage. Yeah, yeah. Ch- Chaswick Bozeman. Uh, worked there and um, started there. He was very early there. Playwright Samiri Baraka. Mm. All of his plays have been done there. From playwrights, directors, actors, scenic designers, costumers. They've all been there because it was a place to go and work. So let's give a shout out to Woody King Jr. Absolutely. Shout out to Woody King. All right. Uh, So uh, you were born in Georgia. I was. Uh, and George is in the news right now for uh, some very significant uh, of, uh, things. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to Stacey Abrams. Uh, what was it like growing up uh, in uh, Georgia? Albany, Georgia, is it? Well, I was born there, and I would go between that and a little place called Milledgeville, Georgia, which was where I spent most of my time because that's where once my parents were divorced, I lived with my grandparents and my mother in Milledgeville, but I would go back to Albany to visit my father and be with that part of my family. But growing up there was, was, very, um, was very nice. It was a very... Uh, I did not see any kind of racism there. I know it was there, but I didn't see it, I guess because I was just protected. And so... Um, it was lovely. I enjoyed my childhood. I I loved going to the church. I loved my grand my grandmother and my aunts and uncles and I was very protected and cocooned and then I would go to Albany and it was the same thing there. So um, it was interesting. I did get to see how a lot of other kinds of people lived in Albany and, and Milledgeville other than the way I was living. Uh, which was I think was very important to see that every all black people did not live the way I lived in that in those little towns and they had a very different experience than the one and you would hear stories about the Ku Klux Klan but I never saw anything like that I would go to the stores and um just sort of and I would come and go as I as I pleased walk the streets go in stores I've always wondered about the name Petronia. It's a beautiful name, but when I hear it and when I think about it, I automatically want to say 
Petronia, like it's uh, a, a Russian or something. Uh, how did you get the name Petronia? Well, actually, now there are four generations of us, and I was named for my my mother's sister, who was my father's favorite of her sisters, and she was named for an aunt we have, who was named Petronia. But actually, the origins of it, I think, are probably Roman, although you do see it in Russian literature. And I just recently found out that there's a, a Saint Petronius that I, I I didn't know anything about. So it's a very mm-hmm. ancient, it's a very old name, how it came to my family. I don't know. I, I, I need to do some more research on that, but um, it is a family name. Petronia. Uh, I so, like the way you say that, Petronia. <laughs> you know, in the South, they say it another kind of way, which I hated the way they really? say it. I hated how, it. How, and how do they say it? They would put emphasis on the Petronia, <laughs> oh. <laughs> on the first syllable. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, well, now, uh, how old were you when you left Georgia? I think, uh, well, I left a couple of times. The first time, I think I must have been about 10. And then I went back for maybe a couple of more years. And then we, you know, my mother was, my mother's sister was part of the Great Migration at some point. So I think maybe 12 years old, I came back, came back. And then I stayed and my mother eventually joined me in New York. And we never went back. Okay. The reason why I, I, I wanted to ask is because <clears throat> um, I, I, I thought it was interesting that you dropped out of college, but then you went back and you got a degree in, uh, uh, you got a major in, in drama at Howard University. Uh, but in between there, somewhere, somehow, at 19 years old, you hitchhiked across South America. No, not South oh, I'm, I'm sorry, South Africa, South Africa. Oh, Africa, North Africa. North Africa. Okay, yeah. I got my, my geology. Uh, That's all right. Uh, okay. I'll straighten you out. My, 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 my uh, geography, not geology, my geography, yeah. a little mixed up. So, so tell me, uh, how did you, at 19, hitchhike across North Africa? Well, it's a very simple story. I met a man. Uh oh. <laughs> and he asked me if I wanted to travel with him, and I said yes. So that's what happened. Must have been some kind of man. Well, when I look back on it, I think I, <laughs> I, think I wanted an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a grand adventure. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> you got one. Uh, well, is there anything you'd like to share with us about uh, your uh, uh, one incident uh, that you, that's most memorable of uh, that uh, adventure? Yes, I, I would like to share. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, it was. It was. It made me probably the person I am now. So it was. It was very seminal in my growth and my development as a woman. But one thing I remember: we were in the um, Atlas Mountains. And um, this man I went with was a world traveler. And um, he knew he could go anywhere and people would know him. They didn't know him at this place. But the place I want to tell you about was um, we were up in this mountain, the Atlas Mountains, and we came across across these Bedouin uh, family. And they were so poor. They lived actually in a hovel. They lived in a hovel in the ground. Hmm. And somehow we ended up going there. And those people... gave us tea, offered us tea. And that was just so, 
I mean, here they had nothing. Absolutely. Well, obviously they had everything, I guess, that they thought they needed. But they were willing to share. And that's an experience of humanity that I carry with me all the time. And it was a lesson also to be remembered about how much you can do and give to other people, even when you seemingly have very little to give. But there were many, many... I I wrote a play about it that incorporated some of those things in it, so... (laughs) Oh, really? It has served me well, that adventure. And, and we'll talk about that play in, in a little while. So I, so I guess that's after you came back, that's when you went to Howard and yes. finished your IIC after that, yeah. after that adventure. Uh, okay. So uh, now you have become a, not only an actor and director, or and playwright, but you're also teaching what you've learned along the way. How long have you been teaching? It's been a while now, maybe about 15 years. I can't believe so much time has gone, but it's been that long. I was I was directing something at the uh, Schomburg actually, mm-hmm. and um, Fred Hudson, who had the uh, Frederick Douglass Creative Arts Center, saw me working with the actors, and he needed a teacher. And he said, would you like to teach a class? And not one to say no, as you've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, yeah, yeah, I'd like to try that. And I did. So he got me started. And um, I worked there for several few years. And then I did some work um, at New Federal Theater. And then I decided to go out on my own and have my own acting, acting studio, which I did for a while. And that was called I Actor? I the Actor. I the Actor, okay. And now I'm back at New Federal Theater working with some wonderful, amazing students. I just love them. I love being there and working with them. And what is it you love about teaching? I I love to see people who want to do something that is important to them, follow Mm -hmm. their own passion, Mm -hmm. who are committed to the work. Mm And I just love working with them and seeing their, trying to foster their creativity and open them up. So many people, I think, start acting because they're afraid and fearful. They have a lot of fears. I heard somebody say recently that it's also because you have a parent that abandoned you. And I said, really? (laughs) I didn't know that until recently, but I don't know. But anyway, they come with you wanting and needing so much and it's just nice to be a part of that process of helping them to grow and explore who they can be um so i love that and i always actually i tell them i say you know i always learn more from you than you'll ever learn from me so i was just getting ready to ask you about that yeah yeah so uh and then you are very interesting in many ways uh another interesting fact about you uh you collect vintage clothing, and you um, you have collections of uh, art, or you you are an artist as well. Tell tell the audience about your passions. Well, I I used to collect um, uh, vintage clothes. I don't so much any longer. I, I really don't have space in my apartment. It's just, once I started doing art, uh, my studio is about the size of my dining room table, so I had to cut out 
some of my collecting habits. Although I do have a very, as it turns out, a very large collection of dolls, and that just happened. I don't know how that happened, but I do. Are, are they vintage dolls, or what, what type of dolls? There are all kinds of dolls, yeah. Some of them are vintage dolls, yeah. Um, but I don't actively collect them. Mm-hmm. They just somehow find their way to me. But um, <laughs> Well, you, you open the front door, and there's a doll they standing walk in. They're just standing there, so take me, love me, <laughs> find a space for me. But I started doing artwork, I guess, um, seriously about 10 years ago, and I started experimenting because I really didn't know. I couldn't even draw. Really? No, I couldn't. I could not draw. And then I just started drawing one day. I don't. Again, I don't know how it happened. I started looking, and I would get art books. And I've always loved art, and I've always been a lover of museums and I've always looked at art and but then I just started drawing and then one day I decided well I want to I was just working with you know pencil and Mm -hmm. paper then one day I decided I wanted to work in paint so I bought paint and canvas and started working that way now I do um, assemblage and I also do what I call my uh, my little black boxes so I put things in boxes so it's an evolving um, process trying to find my my voice actually as an artist. Well, I tell you what, we're going to leave it right there for the moment because we're going to take a short break. I uh, want to thank everyone for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. My special guest today is Miss Petronia Paley. You've seen her on, on 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 many many TV shows as well as in film and on stage. So we'll be back to talk with her about her exhibition, so to speak, our art exhibition, which is uh, uh, currently uh, being displayed. As soon as we get back, we'll talk about that, if you don't mind, Petronia. I'd love to. Okay, we'll be right back. Harlem, Harlem, America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my tech. Where Chase is advancing Black Pathways. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to Alexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin Brunei. Uh, let's uh, talk about your assemblage. Uh, so, I, actually, before we do that, uh, it sounds like 
I could probably be an artist if I just go out and collect stuff and put it on a board and, and uh, it, you know, it wouldn't have to have any real form or, 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 or fashion or, or explanation. It's just art. It's just my expression. So tell me about your, your art, your assemblage. Well, the piece I have in the Viridian uh, Artist Exhibit, which is virtual, of course, mm-hmm. is um, it's something I'm calling a Nana. It's part of my Nana series, which is based on a Tlatico fertility goddess. Um, and they're not, you know, supposed to be representations of humans. They're, they're goddesses. So she has very a shortened arm, a waist, and the original has very broad hips. Um, so I had to, actually it was a piece of board I found um, that I decided to start putting them on the board. And so I, I like things with texture and I like things that are natural. So I use uh, Chinese herbs, which come in many different forms and they're just wonderful for me to work with. I have a friend and I was telling her I, I use Chinese herbs and she said, well, how do you do that? I said, I just, I just put them on the board, you know. But anyway, so this one has, and I love paper. So I have a lot of paper and I use different kinds of paper, um, papers from all over. I, have a, I do have a lovely collection of papers, as it turns out. I like to collect things, not human beings, but I do like to collect <laughs> things, objects. And um, so she has this pa- paper elements, uh, they're the Chinese herbs, and then I paint the figure. And then they're, they're feathers also, they're feathers that I use. So it's a lot of, but you know, to your point about you could go out and put some things on a piece of board, I say, yes, you can. Mm. If you are so inclined, I think it's important for everybody to express themselves in any way, whether you call it art, craft, whatever, a hobby, you're a dilettante, do it. Wow. Your passion. Well, you know, first of all, I mean, I, I want to give a shout out to all the goddesses out there. I mean, I've, I've, I've uh, had some, some uh, familiarity with the uh, goddesses in my time. So uh, maybe I might try and assemblage of uh, putting together a, a compilation of uh, what I would think a goddess would look like out of paper and stones and sticks and herbs and, and lettuce and, and maybe a tomato or two, you know, <laughs> but. <laughs> well, you know, it is women's history month, so why not? And oh. I'm sure your goddesses would love it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope I could sell that art for a, a pretty penny, you know? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I remember when a friend of mine, comedian Nipsey Russell, and, and I did not say, uh, 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 what's the, the, the rap artist's name who un- unfortunately, um, oh, Nipsey Hussle. Okay, I did not say Nipsey Hussle. I said Nipsey Russell for those young folks out there who may not know who Nipsey Russell is. Uh, he used to do Hollywood Squares quite often. And I remember seeing him on Hollywood Squares, but I don't remember seeing you, Petronia, on Hollywood Squares. I'm sorry. How, now, how, when, when did you do Hollywood Squares and how did that come about? That was terrible. I am not good at games. Well, you know, when you're on soap operas, you have press agents and you have people who ask you to do things. And so I was asked to appear on it and I would never, ever, ever <laughs> be on another thing like that again. I was terrible. Really? Uh, how, uh, and how long was your appearance for? Was it a week or a month? I or? think it was only one. 
I think that was enough for me. I mean, you were that bad that they only they only had you on one time. They did not have me back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, well, you know, we can laugh about. Uh, them not having you back, but uh, along that 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 vein, you have been associated with four or five of the top soap operas uh, that uh, was uh, Another World, The Doctors, uh, um, Guiding Light, uh, Guiding Light. What, what else? Um. All My Children, I was on that for a while. All My Children. Uh, well, you know, I had the opportunity. I, I was on Edge of Night once, okay, uh, for those folks who might remember Edge of Night. Uh, it was when I was starting out as an actor. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was an extra. Uh, and uh, they, they sat me with the young lady at the table, and uh, and that, that was great. But ever since then, you know, I've watched uh, soap operas, and, and, and I've watched you do your thing throughout the, the course of the years. But you were also let go from one that, well, I guess you, as an actor, we're always let go after we, you know, we always have to find the next job. So, I mean, that's no big deal. But, but, but was there one that you were let go from that really kind of uh, turned you around or you had to pivot uh, or, or, or anything like that? Well, to tell you the truth, I don't know which one you're talking about because there were a couple of those. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, I will say this, I was so dreadful on it and so afraid and just so intimidated by the whole process. They, I did stay on a year. It was mm-hmm. my first time I was under contract. Now, but which one is this? That was the doctors. The doctors. Okay. You look great um, on the doctors though. <laughs> thank you. You know, somebody has posted things on Facebook when I was on The Doctors, and I said, oh, my God, I wasn't that bad. I, after all, I thought I was terrible. But anyway, I was so afraid and so nervous, you know, all that energy and all that, the demands of it. But it forced me to go out and try to learn how to relax and to take care of my body more. And so I got into yoga. I got into mm-hmm. more physical activities because that was going to help me to relax Mm-hmm. And just be more on top of my game. So that was one. But when I left the, um, I think it was Another World, and I was of a certain age, and mm-hmm. it was that nobody was interested in what I was doing, they, you know, saying or anything. But it forced me to write a play. So that may be the one you're talking about. That was really, really important to, to do that. I wanted to really challenge myself. I wanted to feel good about myself. And I wanted to to just do something I had never done before. I had written a play before, but uh, I'd never written a one-woman show. So mm-hmm. um, that's what I did. Well, to those naysayers who didn't want <clears throat> to do anything with you after you were let go, uh, you ended up winning five awards with this play that you wrote right after coming out of soap operas. So, so t- tell us about the play, On the Way to Timbuktu. What, what, was it about how involved were you in the production of it and winning five awards? Tell us about the awards as well. The play is about a woman. She's, she's actually a um, college professor. And she, she's a college professor of Shakespeare's sonnets. And she's teaching the sonnets. But her life 
begins to parallel some of the events in the sonnets. And she is actually in a fugue state for most of the play, and she recalls her life. So it's her journey uh, going through a relationship in which she's a part of a menage a trois, which happens. Excuse me. <clears throat> <laughs> know anything about that? Uh, well, I, you know, I've, I've you know, I've, uh, you know, uh, a few goddesses, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> but anyway, um, so and because of that relationship, it, it sends her kind of, you know, around the bend and over the stars and all the rest of it. She, you know, she has a breakdown and she's institutionalized, and so it's her story. And of course, um, anytime you write, I think you incorporate aspects of your own life and. That's where some of my journey as a young woman comes into play in, in that play. Mm -hmm. um, the awards were wonderful. I think they were Delco Awards, which are Black Theater Awards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got one for, I, I think, um, Best Performance of the Play. Yes, be Best Solo Performance. Yeah, I think some of the ones, other ones you're talking about were parts of other plays. I don't, I got a lot of nominations. I got a lot of nominations for it. Mm -hmm. um, Innovation Theater Awards, it got a lot, because I had, it was beautiful. It was such a beautiful production. I had live music, uh, beautiful um, musicians and twice, and I, and I did produce it once. The first time, uh, Ensemble Studio Theater, which is a wonderful place for, to be a part of, they mm -hmm. produced the first production, which was absolutely gorgeous. And they just, they just, and I had a wonderful director, Talvin Wilkes. It was a beautiful production. Um, there was one time in one theater that I had to uh, partly uh, produce it. So I, I, I did that as well. So I took on that hat as a producer. I really would like to see it as a movie. That's, or a television series, I suppose now. Well, yes, that would be, uh, that would be wonderful. W would you play uh, yourself? I know. I think no. no. I'm 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 more interested in the uh, a young woman's journey, hitchhiking. I, that's the part of the story I'd love to see a young black woman, um, having those experiences and traveling the world. Uh, I I would really love to see that. Well, you've got the uh, experience to be able to write it and direct it and act in it. Uh, you know, you've got you know you're you're a uh, triple threat here. Uh, you're too kind. Uh, and uh, you, you've had the pleasure of directing not just classical and contemporary, but also new plays as well. Uh, anything you have in the works? No, but let me tell you about one I did do for New Federal Theater that did win a lot of awards, uh, mm -hmm. Looking for Leroy. Um, which we hey, did. Leroy! <laughs> <laughs> that was really a one, two, two characters. It was wonderful. We, I think we got every award we were nominated for, Delco Awards. Um, I have recently gotten from Mr. King mm -hmm. a play by the same playwright. Uh, he's asked me to direct it. I, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. he's asked me to direct it. So that that's coming up probably sometime in June. I'm still in the pro I just got it a couple of days ago, so I'm still reading it. Um, mm -hmm. So that that looms. Well, now, uh, you mentioned June, so it would probably still be virtual uh, yes. by then? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, how, how do you feel about virtual? I mean, you're teaching your classes, your acting classes virtually as well. I am. Uh, 
uh, I used to teach my voiceover classes. I did it from 2003 to 2016, I believe. And uh, I, I taught them live. I, I had live sessions. But then towards the latter part, I started teaching by Skype. And uh, it was only one-to-one via Skype. Uh, but now you, you're doing your um, virtual classes via Zoom, and you have a class of how many? I have 14. 14. And, and how do you find that? How do you feel about uh, trying to, to get the, the actor to become the character? And, 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 and I used to tell all my voiceover students, don't read it, be it. Uh, so how do you feel about that type of energy, that type of talent coming through uh, Zoom? I'm enjoying it. I find that the students are able, because of the platform, they're able to get together more often to actually do the work of rehearsals, which sometimes when we were in a live setting or in an actual theater, they didn't always have time because they had jobs and they lived in the Bronx or Brooklyn or wherever they lived, and they didn't always have time to get together. So we ended up doing a lot of the work they could have done, their rehearsal time, in in class time, which took away from what we could do. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. way they get together, they meet, they rehearse, mm-hmm. and it, it's working. Um, they, we, we uh, and because of the demands of Zoom, I tell them, let's see how creative we can be using this platform since this is where we are now. Mm-hmm. Because that's where we are, and we've got to learn how to use it. So it suits us from that point of view as well that they can learn how to use it to their best advantage. And I'm enjoying them. They seem to enjoy the class. They participate. They come. They do the work. I love it. And if uh, someone listening uh, would like to to enroll in your acting class, uh, how would they get in contact with you and how would they, you know? They would go to Mm newfederaltheater.com. And the next one would be... um, the ne- you know, next year, in September, because uh, I don't think it would be good or wise to start now. We're, we're, we're six weeks in, mm-hmm. but next, next year they can start next time. And you just gave the uh, website for newfederaltheater.com, and that's where they'll go in order to be able to see your performance all this weekend. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, who are some of the other uh, performers? Um, Margaret Odette mm-hmm. is the other. There are only two of us in that. Oh, so okay. She's, uh, she's, she plays my daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's a two-character play. Oh, okay. And so that's hospice. And, and uh, uh, you can go to newfederaltheater.com from Saturday through Monday at midnight to be able to catch uh, Petronia and the other young lady. Uh, how, you know, someone told me that you have uh, acquired some new culinary skills and, and that uh, you went to two Indian gurus to learn how to cook Indian food. We're, 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 we're talking East Indian, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what, uh, I mean, there's so many other cuisines, uh, how did you come about? Uh, was it an, uh, another guy that got you into the, the Indian cuisine? 
anyway, but I think um, having spent time in, in North Africa and, and enjoying that cuisine, I really started to love foods with a lot of spice. And I don't mean heat, I mean spices. Mm-hmm. And um, I just love, it's my favorite food. And when I started doing yoga, I would um, have different teachers uh, doing the exercises. And one of my teachers, uh, uh, Swami Bua, mm-hmm. was a wonderful chef. And so um, I learned to cook some, learned some dishes from him. Mm-hmm. And there was another one too. I'd rather not go into that one. But um, <laughs> The dish or the man? Well, yeah, both. <laughs> I think it's nothing salacious. It's nothing salacious. Um, it's just that, yeah. But yeah, he got me. He taught me to cook some some dishes as well. But I love you know I love the food and I also can read, so I would buy books and and experiment and learn things on my own as well. Mm-hmm. Well. We uh, are going to be taking another short break momentarily, but I want to remind folks that uh, you can check out the podcast if, in fact, you had to step away or are stepping away and want to listen to the rest of this uh, wonderful uh, show with uh, Petronia Paley. Uh, You can always check out our podcast at uh, harlemamerica.com, and um, we have... We'll have some of the information about Petronia up there, about some of the projects she's working on, new things that she'll be doing, about her art exhibit. And so uh, you can always uh, check us out there. We'll, uh, we're going to take this break right now, Petronia. When we come back, we're going to talk about performing under the stars in the amphitheater in Greece. Ooh, can't wait. Thank you for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be right back. The home of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. You're listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out, check it out. Empowerment and health and wellness. Harlem America. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, thanks for hanging out in Harlem America. We love you for that. Uh, yes, uh, we heard Petronia Paley. And Petronia, as I look at your resume, 
you have done more Shakespeare than the law allows. Uh, what is it? Uh, what has drawn you to the works of Shakespeare? It's a wonderful challenge for an actor to deliver the language, to um, inhabit those roles because they're bigger than life. And I think as actors, sometimes you want to you want to experiment and explore something other than yourself or something larger than yourself. And certainly, those characters allow you to do just that. Well, let's take about. 12 minutes, uh, because it's going to take that long for you to run off all of the uh, Shakespearean performances you've done. Uh, can you do it in 12 minutes? Actually, I'm just joking, but, but <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> how many uh, uh, performances do you think you've uh, been in, Shakespearean performances uh, or pieces? Um, I, you know, in, I would include classical things as well. And I've, I've also directed, um, I directed Antony and Cleopatra and some of the classical pieces. Mm -hmm. I don't know offhand. Um, I couldn't really say offhand to tell you the truth. That, see audience, that minute. Not that, no, it's not that, 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 that. <laughs> That no, it's not. Well, look, I'm I'm holding up a, a list of of all this, uh, you know, uh, quite quite. Some a of those bit. are classical pieces as well. They're not just all Shakespeare. Okay, well, let's talk about how did you get to perform underneath the stars in the amphitheater in Greece? Well, we did a production of the Oedipus plays, mm -hmm. which of course is Greek, at Shakespeare Theater in Washington, directed by Michael Kahn who at that time was also the artistic director. And he had an opportunity to take the show, which was enormous cast. Avery Brooks was Oedipus. Ah, Avery. Yeah, we had a tremendous cast of actors. And so we we went there. Uh, Earl, Earl Holloman, Holland, Holloman was there. Mm -hmm. um, and so we went We went to Greece and we, we performed at this... Greek amphitheater, the Odeon, mm -hmm. and it was, it was magical. I mean, the the moon was full, the stars were there, people were in the theater. It, it, I, you know, it was sublime. Well, we happen to have a caller on the line who's calling in to either talk to you or talk to me, or or maybe he's performed with you, Greg. Welcome, welcome to Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. How are you? Good afternoon, G. Keith Alexander. How are you today, my friend? Quite well, thank you so very, very, very much. What is your last name, Greg? Good. Greg Mays is my name. I just wanted to call in and give a shout-out to my old acting teacher, Miss Petronia Paley, and let the <laughs> world know that she's a fantastic teacher, and they should definitely go over to the New Federal Theater to take one or two of her classes. I actually took a class with her when she was teaching over at the Frederick Douglass Creative Arts Center that she spoke about earlier. Um, but she was fantastic then, and uh, I can't even imagine just sort of how outstanding a teacher she is now. So I just wanted to give a shout-out. Petronia, you're well? I am, Greg, and thank you so much for calling in. So nice. It's been years. So nice to hear your voice. Yes, yes, yes. It's been a moment for sure. I think the last time I saw you perform was uh, you were up at the Yale Rep uh, doing, I forget what play that was, 
Uh, but the it was house that will not stand? Asked. Yes, I think that's what that? it was. I did. I did. So I think that's the last time, you know, we saw each other. Uh, we talked uh, since then. Uh, but it's just good to hear your voice. And I wanted to call and give a shout out and thank Brother G. Keith Alexander for having you on the show. Thank you. Well, you're quite welcome. Thank you so very, very much, Greg. And uh, you have a great day and a better one tomorrow. And thank you for listening. You too, my friend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was very nice. Uh, nice treat, yes. Yes, that, that was very nice. So uh, I, I, I want to get to where, you know, you've worked with uh, on, on the soaps uh, and, and, and maybe elsewhere. You've worked with uh, Joe Morton and uh, Morgan Freeman. Uh, and that was when, when you guys were coming up. So they weren't as big as they are now. Uh, but uh, w- what was it like working with the two of them? Well, it was on Another World, and that was when they decided they were going to expand my storyline. Mm-hmm. So they brought Joe on to play my love interest, um, and he ended up playing two characters mm-hmm. he invented for himself. And Morgan was uh, brought on to be my business partner, and then they, he had a wife, Michelle Shea, and a family, I believe. But Michelle they were wonderful to work with. And, you know, it was such a wonderful time. And we all bonded very closely, all of the black actors um, in that show. So it was it was a wonderful family, and it was great to work with them and be have them around me because I started out just me, mm-hmm. and that's always kind of lonely um, <laughs> and fearful because mm-hmm. you know you. But when you have a family surrounding you, you feel safe and you feel loved and you feel supported, and that's it's just wonderful. It was wonderful having them. Are you in contact with either of them? Uh, no, I am not. I've lost touch with Joe and uh, Morgan. You know, Morgan went on to be such a superstar, so I, he yeah. was up in the stars somewhere floating around the... <laughs> <laughs> and, and Joe hasn't done too bad either. I mean, Joe... No, no he's, done, he's done okay. He's done okay. I, rem- I remember Joe from Brother from Another Planet. Yeah. Uh, you know, from, from I think he only had one foot or something like that or something. I remember him from, from that. And then he's gone on to uh, uh, really uh, become quite a, uh, uh, an actor, performer. So, uh, all right. So now we've seen you on Billions, Blue Bloods, um, and there's, there's, there's quite a few. Uh, and on, on, on Billions, you played the general. I mean, uh, t- tell us about that character. Well, it was the attorney general. Um, and gosh, I was so disappointed when they didn't do more with that character because I just love the idea of a black woman with that much power. Oh, and you and you do. You had the power. You were stand. You were you sat there and you were talking to uh, the, the 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 guy. I, I can't remember his name Paul. right now. Paul. Yes, and uh, I'm I'm sorry. I hate I hate to interrupt you. Continue, please. No, that's no, that's fine. Um, yeah, it was it was wonderful. I, um, I loved. He was such a wonderful person to work with. I mean, you never know what you're going to get when you, you know, you don't know people and they don't know you and they don't know what you can do. But um, when I walked, the first time I walked into the set, my office, and they, it was incredible. It was in this building that was a, a think tank for these mm. Barbara Walters and some other people. So wow. my office was well appointed, and they had, they had asked me for pictures of my family so I could have 
you know, look, pictures in the background. They just really did a great job on it. Uh, and I loved doing it. And I was just so heartbroken when they didn't do more with it. But, you know, life goes on. Uh, that's the life of an actor. It is. Know, a full-fledged, card-carrying actor. Yeah, yeah. And then on Blue Bloods, uh, you played this character. Uh, you told the police officer when he came to the door with his badge, put that away. You want to get somebody killed? Uh, what, what was that uh, character involved in? She was a grandmother, um, and her grandson, it seems, as I recall, was involved in some something. They, they were something, something. I don't know, to tell you the truth. Um, but I know I was a grandmother, and, you know, you, as you get older, you start playing different kinds of roles. And mm -hmm. so that was one when I think that was my first grandmother, actually. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, well, here we are. <laughs> hey, hey i i know that feeling i know that feeling because i i had to uh just the other day i had to do a self-audition for cesd our agency our talent agency a wonderful shout out to the folks at ces talent cesd talent agency and ken slevin um uh i had to do a uh self audition and i had to be a grandfather so uh, we've gotten to those roles now where, you know, uh, they're far and in between, but yet and still we're, we're current. We're, you know, still in the mix. And, and you can't hit a home run unless you're in the ballpark. So we're still that's in the right. ballpark. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's good. Um, so what type of roles would you – is there anything you'd like to play that you haven't played? I would like to play the President of the United States. Oh, get down. All right. Time – it, it – <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, the time is right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, you know, I like. I would like to play powerful women who are doing powerful things in the world. So, those are the kinds of, th and you know, roles that have something to say that make a difference, not just um, something that has nothing to contribute to anything. Right. So, so uh, along this illustrious journey that you've had, it, what have you had to give up? What have you sacrificed to become the successful actor, director, playwright, and acting teacher that we know today as Petronia Paley? I don't think I've sacrificed anything. I guess one thing I, I did not have in my life, which was a family, and um, I suppose that could have been a sacrifice, but that was certainly my choice. Um, I, at some point, I just knew I didn't want to, or I didn't have the energy to do both, and I didn't want the thought of having to maybe raise a child alone, or so. But I've I've pretty much done what I wanted to do, so I haven't made a lot of sacrifices other than what I just said. Maybe I guess. I don't know. Uh, well, you have sacrificed um, having a dog. Uh, yeah. Don't want to walk the dog. Yeah, you didn't want to walk the dog because you'd have to leave a, a party or a performance to go home and walk the dog. Yeah. So that's one sacrifice. Okay, well, I, 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 I can understand that. So we're uh, uh, winding down after having this wonderful conversation with Petronia Paley, which I've always wanted to have. Uh, I, we've got maybe about three minutes left, and, and I just want to know, uh, 
what would you like to do if you had a wish list and the top three things that you would like to do before your career is over, what are they? I want to, I want a nighttime series. I'd like to, I'd like to produce some of the things I want to produce. I'd like to, I have a play that I'm writing now. I want that produced. I want to sell my art. There's so many things I want to do still in life. I want to continue creating art and acting and directing. I just want to continue doing what I do. Well, Harlem America Digital Network, we support small businesses and entrepreneurs. And being an actor, freelance performer, I know that we are entrepreneurs. So we would like to support you and after today, excuse me, I'm so sorry, uh, after the show, I should say, your, your page, you're going to have your own page on Harlem America Digital Network, and on that page will be your, well, it will be this podcast, but when people come to listen to the podcast, they'll be able to see images of you as well as whatever you have, uh, what projects you're working on, and we'll even put your demo uh, the demo that you have on uh, Vimeo, we'll, we'll put that up so that uh, this will be your page. And whenever you want to freshen it up and put something else on, you just let us know. Because that's what we do here at Harlem America Digital that's Network. fantastic. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Jiki. That's so wonderful. And much success to you, ongoing success with this um, new venture that you're doing. And uh, God bless you, Amuse. Thank you. Thank you. Well, well, thank you so very much. So I just want to tell everyone, please continue to support What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander and the Harlem America Digital Network. You'll be seeing, um, we'll be launching our Harlem America TV across uh, Apple uh, TV and uh, Amazon Fire and Roku and all of the devices that'll be coming up shortly. We'll let you know about that. But in the meantime, thank you so much. Have a great day and a better one tomorrow. And don't judge your brother or sister too harshly until you've walked a mile in his or her shoes. And remember, life is tough, but you're tougher. And Petronia Paley, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening.